Good afternoon. This is Elizabeth Smith McCrossan here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update for Cumberland North. Today is Monday, October the 25th, and my mission as MLA for Cumberland North is now to rebuild Cumberland North together with you. Building on a foundation of truth and justice, determination and dedication, servant leadership, and honesty. Together, we will build on pillars of creating timely access to health care when needed, poverty reduction and empowering all people, caring for our earth and our environment, and building more businesses and supporting our entrepreneurs. Last week, as your MLA, I was in Halifax most of the week. However, Monday morning, I was in the constituency office in Amherst, and I attended a meeting in Spring Hill from 1 to 3. This meeting was with other community partners and the Nova Scotia Northern uh, Northern Zone Management Team. And together, we continued talking about problems as well as solutions regarding our nursing and physician shortage. This has been uh, really paramount the last couple of months as, as we've seen our, our surgical unit uh, close We've seen our ICU beds go from five down to three. Um, thankfully, they are both back up to full capacity. The surgical unit is now back up and running. The ICU beds are all reopened. However, the, we now have an extreme shortage of registered nurses in the emergency department at Cumberland Regional Healthcare Center. So the northern uh, northern zone, Nova Scotia management uh, health team, uh, in an effort to to alleviate the shortage in Amherst, um, have reduced the hours of operation in the Spring Hill Emergency Department, and have some of the nurses working in Amherst. So this has caused a lot of a lot of um, anger, a lot of people upset, very upset in the Spring Hill area, and rightly so. And we're doing everything we can to uh, help the Nova Scotia Health Authority to hire more nurses and to do it more, much more expediently than they have been in the past. And together we're identifying areas where we can find efficiencies and make improvements. And of course, one of the things you've heard me talk about this for four years is we need to have local decision-making back. And that's been a, that's been a large part of the problem is that the power to hire nurses and really all the power and decision-making has been centralized down in Halifax, and it just doesn't work when you uh, are, need to make decisions here locally. So so we had that very important meeting last Monday. Uh, I was really pleased to see, um, to have our new member of parliament, Dr. Stephen Ellis, join us. And really, since I was elected four years ago, it's the first time for a health meeting that we had all three levels of government present. We had municipal, provincial, and federal um, representatives, elected representatives, all in the room, working together with our community health board chairs, working together with Nova Scotia Health and the Northern Zone Management Team. So I am confident that uh, we will make progress and we we have another meeting in the coming weeks. After that, I drove immediately to Halifax to attend Law Amendments Committee from 5 p.m. to 11 p.m. Most of the presentations at Law Amendments Committee were asking for amendments to the Elections Act and were against the July 15th date that has been chosen by Tim Houston. 
Monday morning, I attended bill briefings and returned calls to constituents in Cumberland North. And I continue to be uh, attending the legislature. It's uh, We continue to be in the 60, 64th uh, General Assembly. So most of my time these days um, have to be in Halifax with the legislature. So on Tuesday, um, new bills were tabled by the government and opposition. And many of the new MLAs on Tuesday presented their speech and reply to the throne speeches. I read a member statement on Tuesday just in response to the continued tragedies that we've had here in Cumberland County. It's just been just been devastating, and I'd like to read that for you today. So in, in the legislature on Tuesday, I, I read a member statement to, to all MLAs that read as follows. Today I rise to acknowledge the strength and fortitude of the people of Cumberland amidst unimaginable loss and tragedy. Loss of a loved one is always a sad time. However, when there is a loss of a child, the pain of the loss reverberates throughout our communities and our people. Today, we grieve the death of an innocent seven-year-old boy who was killed in a tragic accident yesterday. That was last Monday. Last week, we we grieved the sudden death of an innocent 12-month-old baby boy. And weeks earlier, we grieved the death of four innocent children, along with their parents in a tragic fire. The grief is hard to bear, and hundreds of families have been affected. The people of Cumberland are strong. We are resilient, but we are human. And this pain and this loss has brought us to our knees. I ask the members of this House of Assembly to join me in a moment of silence today in honor of the families of Cumberland who have suffered the tragic losses of children and ask for them to be comforted during this time of grieving. And I want you to know that all of the members of the Assembly stood in silence as together we thought of the families here in Cumberland who have suffered unimaginable loss. And after we we sat, the next member of the legislature that stood to speak was a member from the Liberal Party. And he stood and he said, I cannot read what I was planning on reading. And he acknowledged the pain and the suffering that we have gone through here. And once again, we stood in honor of all of you listening that have lost children. I wanted to share that with you. I think it meant a lot to me. It meant a lot um, to my colleague from Cumberland South, Mr. Tory Rushton, as well. It is going to take time to recover and to get through the loss that our communities have suffered. But I know together we can be stronger and we can get through this. On Wednesday, I attended bill briefings in Halifax and a news conference for the government's announcements regarding housing. And there will be lots, lots to say on that in the coming weeks ahead. On Wednesday, I read a member statement where I recognized in the works the Social Enterprise Network for their work and commitment to youth in our community, as well as I read a member statement and recognized Sarah McMaster and her team at Maggie's Place for their role in the collaborative project for the Community Cumberland Community Health Development Center that is currently being built. In question period, I asked why the Adult Protection Act is not responding 
two concerns. The minister responsible agreed that this is a problem and asked to include me in the discussions as they move forward to address the gaps in the system that have been overlooked for too long. I introduced legislation that will keep the minister and through them the public aware of how many, how the province's adult protection program responds to calls from concerned members of the public. For example, I've heard from police officers, physicians, care workers, and members of the public about their experience trying to alert the province about someone in need. Often they are told over the phone that no assessment is required, and honestly, as an MLA, I've experienced that myself. Even though I have 30 years of experience as a registered nurse, they don't even take my assessment seriously. It leaves people feeling like their hands are tied and does not alleviate the concern for the individual at risk. The bill I introduced reinforces the practices already laid out in the Act by ensuring the Minister has sent the volume of reports from each area, including ours here in Cumberland, the description of each situation and the action taken or not taken. Acknowledging there are many hurdles to fixing this system, I believe there is a way to find out what is preventing those working under this program from taking action. It's important for the Minister responsible to distinguish those gaps. The bottom line is the adult protection program is not responsive to the needs of our community and we need to identify where are the gaps. There must be accountability as to why the adult protection act is not responding to persons at risk. Wednesday's legislative session ended a little bit in controversy. The NDP chose the late debate topic, which was which was in relation to the premier's flip-flop decision to no longer allow a hybrid virtual and in-person meeting for law amendments committee. His refusal to allow people to present via Zoom meant most Nova Scotians did not have the opportunity to present at Law Amendments Committee. And there's really no excuse for this because because of the pandemic, we've been using a virtual option and it's really improved accessibility, meaning any citizen from anywhere in Nova Scotia was able to now present at Law Amendments Committee and he removed that this week. So we debated that. 30 minutes is provided for debate, normally 10 minutes for each party. The NDP and the Liberals both agreed to save some time for me to be able to speak as an independent. And there was nearly six minutes left for me to do so. However, when I stood to speak, the deputy speaker did not see me standing, so she closed debate. Once she realized what happened, she asked for unanimous consent to reopen the debate. However, two men on the government side said no. It was disappointing, uh, but not surprising. Thursday morning, I attended more bill briefings and responded to many emails. I also read member statements where I recognized the Amherst and Area Chamber of Commerce, our Executive Director, Mr. Ron Furlong, and President Bill Dow for their leadership and work in our business community. And last week was Small Business Week. In question period, I asked the Minister of Advanced Education if he would help me to make education more accessible for all LPNs, all licensed practical nurses in Nova Scotia. And this is actually one of the issues that has come out of our healthcare meetings that we've been having regarding the nursing shortage here in Cumberland and Spring Hill. And one of the the challenges is if you are a licensed practical nurse, if you would like to become a registered nurse, you can apply for a two-year bridging program, but you can only do that if you did your schooling, if you did your education here in Nova Scotia at an NSCC campus. So that disqualifies any LPNs that possibly moved here from, uh, from outside of Nova Scotia 
Or if you've lived here in Cumberland County, but did your training, say, in Moncton at Olton's College, or if you graduated before the NSC program came into existence. So currently, the government doesn't recognize any of your previous education. And if you wanted to become an LPN and you did not go to NSCC, you basically have to start at ground zero and do all that education over again, regardless of your number of years of experience. So that's that's a problem, and it's a real barrier um, for LPNs to continue their education to become an RN. This is something that I've been asking for a change for three years, and if the government had have listened three years ago, uh, we possibly would not have a shortage of registered nurses right now because uh, we would have more LPNs would have gone on to become RNs. And right now we have many LPNs in our community unemployed. There's not not enough jobs for our LPNs, but we have a shortage of RNs. So anyways, I did bring this up to the Minister of Advanced Education on um, Thursday and actually had a couple of private conversations with him about this as well. And he is committed to helping make, make these changes. I also introduced a bill on Thursday that will ensure maritime provinces to work together to create a pandemic strategy. You may remember I tabled a, a very similar bill to this in the spring, and I did make some amendments to the bill, and that is that it focuses on one of the six tenets of the Canada Health Act, and that is the right for everyone to have portable access to health care services. Right now, you know, we all know the maritime provinces are uniquely linked and most closely linked uh, area to the rest of Canada is Cumberland to southern New Brunswick. And many people, as you know, listening, cross the border every day for critical things like doctor's appointments, surgeries, and ongoing treatments. Related to this, I, I have in the past gotten a few uh, phone calls here at my office because people have been denied surgeries and, because they didn't have both vaccines. And I did contact the Minister of Health in Nova Scotia, and she said that that is actually not currently a policy. So if anyone is having difficulties with that, please contact my office and I'm, I'm here to help you. On Friday in the legislature, I read a member statement where I recognize local heroes, Gary Lowther, Jonah and Jaden Chapman, and Justin Keating. And they helped save the life of my cousin, Jimmy Smith, who was in a, a terrible accident a few weeks ago. But due to their fast action, they, they saved his life. So I did read a, a, a member statement in the legislature on Friday. In question period on Friday, I asked the Minister of Justice, who makes the decision when Crown prosecutors that have specialized training in sexual assault cases get assigned to cases of sexual assault? And I also asked, is there a correlation in convictions uh, of successful convictions when the Crown has... Uh, specialized training in sexual assault in related cases. Uh, currently, right now, there are only two Crown prosecutors in the province of Nova Scotia that have this specialized training. And I'm looking for information on who decides when, what cases they are used with. I also tabled an, a bill on Friday with an amendment to the Medical Act regarding physicians and sexual mis misconduct. After question period, we went into Committee of the Whole, and this is where the bills are um, in between second and third reading. After Law Amendments Committee, uh, the bills are, are brought to Committee of the Whole, where we go through each section of the bill, and amendments can be proposed. 
um, before it moves into third reading. So the Liberals went first and they tabled an, an amendment to the bill and it's regarding the Elections Act, the amendment to the Elections Act. The, the amendment that the Liberals tabled is requesting the Elections Commission to have public consultation to determine the best date for a fixed election. The NDP and myself uh, also will be tabling amendments this week as well. Debate in Committee of the Whole can actually last up to 20 hours. I am actually anticipating that the whole 20 hours will be used for debate on this particular bill unless the government accepts the amendments, which we've been tabled, which disagree with the fixed election date of July 15th. Basically, the government is proposing that we have... Um, summer elections into perpetuity. So every four years on July 15th, and we would be the only province in the country of Canada with a summer election. Every other province and territory has a spring or fall election. On Saturday, I traveled home, but first I stopped into a rapid testing clinic in Dartmouth to ensure that I was negative for COVID as I did not want to bring the virus back here to my home and here to Cumberland. Uh, I have requested rapid testing kits as well as asymptomatic testing to be resumed here in Cumberland. I requested that from the Minister of Health about a week and a half ago, and I have not gotten a response yet, but I will certainly be um, pushing for one this, this week. On Saturday, the community held a fundraiser for my cousin Jimmy Smith. The community um, certainly knows how to be there for one another when they were going through difficult times and want to say a special shout out to the Leicester Volunteer Fire Department who really went above and beyond in supporting him as well, as well as many family and friends of Jimmy. I'm just so proud, so proud of our community. This week on Monday, I'll be spending the day in, in my constituency office here in Amherst and hopefully attending the Rotary Club meeting at lunch if I, if I can find time. I also have several bills and speeches that I'm working on for the legislature for the week ahead. In the evening on Monday, there's Law Amendments Committee again, and I'll be attending virtually this week and then traveling to Halifax on Tuesday morning, and I'll be there for the rest of the week for the legislative session. I have my assistant, Dan Gould, keeping my office responding to the needs that come in through phone, in person, over Facebook. Certainly reach out anytime. The office is open Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 4.30 p.m. Please call if you need anything, 902-661-2288. I'd like to send birthday and anniversary greetings to anyone who's celebrating this week, including Marjorie Fisher is celebrating today on Monday, and as well as Sherry Smith. On Tuesday, Cheryl McKenzie and Patrick Manifold. On Wednesday, Marina Godfrey, Godfrey, Marina of CFTA 107.9 is celebrating a birthday on Wednesday. So happy birthday, Marina. As well as Catherine Hunter and Ron Bickle as well of CFTA 107.9. On Thursday, Dr. Andrea Farnick and Albert Rogers are celebrating a birthday. And on Friday, Mark Casey and Ron Downey. I would like to also extend my sympathies to the family and friends of anyone who has lost a loved one recently, including the family and friends of Hunter William Robert Mills, Christopher Sinclair, Arthur E. T. Chapman, Shirley Dorothy Swan, Annie Marie Spargaren, and Aubrey Kenneth Dunlop. 
If you have lost a loved one recently, please accept my sympathies and condolences. At this time, I would like to thank Mr. Ron Vickle and CFTA 107.9 for providing me with this opportunity to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update for Cumberland North. I hope you all have a great week. Please take care of yourselves and take care of others. We are stronger together. Be Cumberland proud and be Cumberland strong. Have a great week, everyone.